Welcome to Prayer Storm Podcast. We trust that it will be a blessing to you and that it will stir you and equip you to be all God calls you to be. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Exodus 33. This is going to be a bit of a follow-up from uh, the last uh, word I shared, um, which was uh, last month, and uh, talked about... um, maturity and God calling us to that place of uh, uh, growing in him and uh, to a place of sonship. I talked about the fact that sonship was not something that was uh, sexist, uh, but it was actually a position of a responsibility God is calling us to, to take more of his power. And so much has happened since last month. God is speaking to me about lots of other things. And I'm just going to share some of the things that the Lord has been stirring in my heart as well. Uh, and so I just want you to take a moment to look at the book of Exodus uh, 33. Um, when God is calling us to maturity, I believe there's a pathway that we have to travel. Uh, maturity does not happen overnight. Uh, it takes time. It takes process. It takes submitting uh, to God's agenda. And so that's what I want us to uh, look at today. Okay, so um, let's just look at Exodus 33. Exodus 33, uh, 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that uh, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar standing at the tabernacle, and all the people rose and worshipped each man at his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would not return Sorry, and he would return to the camp, but his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Uh, and there's so many stirring uh, bits in that, uh, you know, this, uh, the verses I've just read there. Uh, one of the things that strikes me is the bit I read where it says, Moses spoke to the Lord face to face as a man speaks to his friend. This was something that really challenged me as I started pursuing the Lord. And this is what made me end up spending time praying. You know, oftentimes we talk about prayer in the church context, mostly when we're wanting God to do something for us. or We're wanting even revival or we're wanting a breakthrough or we're wanting situations to change. And that is not a wrong perspective of prayer, but it's a limited perspective of prayer. Because if all you do is come to God when you need him to do something for you, Again, it's a picture of your maturity with him. The more you mature in God, the more your, your relationship shifts from just, from just coming to him when you need him to do something for you to coming to him because you want to be with him. And the dialogue matures. The way my seven-year-old talks to me right now is different to the way he spoke with me or I spoke with him when he was three years old because he is matured. And many of you and many of us sad to say in our walk with God, the way we're praying right now is the same way we prayed five years ago, the same way we prayed nine years ago. And there is no level of maturity in our language. There's no depth in our communication with God. 
God because we've remained on the same level. Now, one of the things that's necessary for maturity is encounter. And that is what Moses modeled in this uh, verses we've just read. It, it spoke to God face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That makes me jealous. I don't know about you, because when you think about the new covenant, we have more available to us. The Holy Spirit is not just coming upon us like he did in the Old Testament for service. He's actually in us right now. And so we can have communion with him at a whole nother level of depth. But yet in the Old Testament, we see some characters that walked with God in ways that challenge us and give us a, a template, a picture of how God wants us, his people, to walk with him. Moses spoke to God face to face. That wasn't a dream. That wasn't a vision. That was a reality of an encounter. So my question to you, believers, when was the last time you spoke to God face to face? I don't mean when was the last time you had a goosebump feeling. I don't mean when was the last time you had tears running down. I'm not saying those are irrelevant. I'm saying when was the last time you had a face to face encounter with God? Because God is our father. And actually, we are designed to have that level of depth of relationship with him. Now, I remember reading this years ago, and it made me so jealous in that I thought, well, Lord, if Moses walked with you that closely. There's nothing stopping me in the new covenant from walking with you that closely. You see, you're as close to God as you want to be. There's nothing between you and God apart from the things you allow between you and God. The problem is never on God's side. So in the New Testament, we are actually invited to speak to God in this same capacity. In fact, Jesus says, you know, those who love me and obey my commandments, I will come and manifest myself to them. So the whole concept of having face-to-face encounters with God is not just something in the Old Testament. This is critical. Spiritual maturity does not come because you've attended thousands of church services. I believe one of the pathways to maturity is encounter with God. You know, the crazy thing is you cannot manufacture an encounter with God. You can say, okay, right now I'm going to encounter God. All right, God, God, come, 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 come. You, you can't invoke God like, you, you know, like some people on the dark side would invoke a demon or whatever. You know, you've got to uh, present yourself, your lifestyle, according to his patterns. When you come into agreement with his order, then he will come and visit you because his fire has requirements before it falls. It doesn't just fall anywhere. Oh, God, I want your glory. God, I want more of you. Oh, God, I want to mature. It just doesn't happen because you prayed. In fact, oftentimes prayers are cheap. And the test of what you've prayed, if you really mean it, is the outworking of the lifestyle after the prayer. So the encounter is necessary. And encounters don't happen just anywhere. Okay? You... you if you're about to have a multi-million pound business dealing and you're about to meet someone and you know this meeting is going to resolve in potentially 10 plus million pounds worth of business contracts, you're not just going to meet them at the side of the road to have the discussion about that business contract, right? You're not just going to meet them some random place. You're going to pick a specific location that's going to be conducive for the type of conversation you're about to have. You don't just have those kind of deep conversation in the most random places. In the same way, God requires us to have an environment that we set apart for him to encounter us. Now, yes, God is omnipresent and he can meet with us anywhere. But when we're talking about face-to-face encounters and encounters that bring about maturity, those kind of things don't happen on the run. What do I mean by that? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pray as I'm driving to work. Nothing wrong with that. There's a place for that. I'm going to pray and I'm, as I just go for my walk right here. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. If you really want to have encounters, you have to create space. The reason why those things are not often the best is because we easily get distracted as we're seeking. Have you ever tried to speak to someone where you're, <laughs> this happens with myself and Rebecca a lot. She's trying to tell me something and maybe I'm just distracted by a text I just got. <laughs> or vice versa. I'm trying to tell something and she's distracted by some game on the phone. I don't know what. So in that moment, I, I, I'm going to stop talking actually. I, 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 and I'm going to wait <laughs> until I have her full attention. 
And sometimes like, well, there's no point talking because I don't have your attention. See, you're not going to share the deep things on your heart with someone that, you know, is distracted. You want to mature in God. I want to mature in God. Why is God going to bring us to that place of deep encounters if there's so many distractions in our lives? And so there has to be an environment created for depth of encounter. If you want deep encounter with God, you've got to create the space for it. And Moses valued this. That's why he set up the tent of meeting. Okay, so the first verse I read says, and Moses took his tent. So this was his tent that he turned into God's tent. I want to ask you a question today. What is going on with your tent today? As your tent become a place of Disney Plus and Netflix and video games, as your tent become a place of arguments and distractions and complaints, or have you thought about making your tent, meaning your house, your space, a place where it cannot just become your place, but now God can actually say, that is now my place too. You know, in Psalm 91, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That is a location. He who dwells in the secret place of... So it's a place. It's an actual location in God. So it's not your secret place. It's his secret place. However, in Matthew 6, it says, when you pray, go into your room and shut your door. And your father who hears you in secret... So there is a connection between God's secret place and your secret place. When you begin to create your secret place environment, a place for encounter, what happens is the place you're calling your secret place actually transforms and becomes his secret place. Your secret place is the pathway to his secret place. So when Moses set apart his tent, his tent becomes the tent of encounter. His tent becomes God's dwelling place. And this is the time where we need to realize that the things that we allow into our homes on the TVs, the things we watch on our phones, all these things are really critical if we want to really host an environment that's conducive for encounter. Remember what I said at the beginning, you cannot invoke an encounter with God. You can just prepare yourself and say, Lord, here I am. Well, if you're really preparing yourself, you won't be spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours watching all those Netflix series and watching all those Disney Plus series. Now, you may be able to watch them and there's nothing profane in them necessarily because I'm not saying everything that's not saying Jesus is bad in terms of Jesus and the good because we know lots of people swear. I'm not talking about using the name of God in vain. I'm talking about watching like a cartoon or something or watching something that you just find funny. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm saying it's about where you're giving your heart, your time, your affections. And if you want an encounter, you need to create the space for that encounter to take place. And if you're going to create that space, you know what? It starts to narrow down your choices. It starts to narrow down how you spend your time and your energy. And this is what God is calling us to at this time, to allow our tent to become his tent. Now look at what Moses did here. Moses took his tent, pitched it outside the camp. He didn't pitch his tent in the camp because in the camp is where the people are. In the camp is where the distractions are. In the camp is where the stress is. For him to create an environment to encounter God, he had to live, the, he had to get away from the gravitational pull of the earth realm. And you see, this is one of the most difficult things to achieve in a place of prayer. To be able to get to a place where your, your emotions and your, and your mind is disconnected, By the grace of God, from the gravitational pull. Listen, the gravitational pull of this earth realm is incredibly strong. If you don't believe me, try to pray. Just try to spend some time with God and realize the amount of distractions that come into your mind, the amount of cares, the amount of worries, the amount of things that just run you. That's just the gravitational pull of the earth, just like gravity in the natural. Everything that goes up must come down. We are all living under the law of gravity. In other words, to escape from this gravitational pull of the earth realm, there has to be another force 
outside of this gravitational pull that's pulling us with a greater sense of strength, a greater strength than that which is pulling us down. For many of us, the gravitational pull of the earth's circumstances is greater than the gravitational pull to his realm. So we're trying to pitch our tent, but we're pitching our tent in the camp. We're pitching our tent with all the people around us, and we're wondering why we're not having an encounter with God, because God's like, I want to encounter you, but you're, too, you're around too many people right now. You're around too many distractions right now. And it's a journey. This is the journey to maturity. It's, it's time to learn how to pitch our tents outside of the camp. That is not going to come easy, folks. See, I'm not talking from theory. I'm talking from experience. Sometimes you're about to pray. You know you're supposed to pray. You spend maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. In fact, times I've spent an hour praying, and I know I haven't broken through. In the, not, when I say I haven't broken through, it's not that I'm dealing with demonic opposition per se. I just know that my mind hasn't left the camp yet. <laughs> I know that my tent is still there. And I, and I have to get to a place of honesty with God, saying, Lord, okay, right now, this is supposed to be the tent of meeting, but right now, the gravitational pull of this earth realm is too much. I'm confessing these things that are pulling my mind down. I'm confessing these distractions to you right now. Father, deliver me from the gravitational pull of this realm. I want the pull to your realm to be far greater than that which is pulling me into this realm. And, and, and Moses understood this concept. That's why his tent that became God's tent was not set up in the camp. And look at what he says here. He says, Moses' tent was set up far from the camp. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just set up outside of the camp. It was far from the camp. For us to encounter God, the distance between us and this earth realm has to be far. The environment where God would choose to descend and release divine encounters that bring maturity, those environments have to be conducive to heaven's environment. And you have to be not just away, but far away from those distractions, from those besetting sins, from those things that cause us to be disconnected from God. And he's not just going to release his glory because you sang, I want more of you, God. He's not just going to release his glory because you heard a nice worship song and you sing over and over again. Because those things are very easy to do. The outworking of it, the challenging bit when the rubber hits the road and you know that you're supposed to pray but right now your mind is wandering everywhere and yeah you want an encounter with God see this is one of the reasons why many of us are not maturing because we're not having encounters and we're not having encounters because we've pitched our tents in the camp and we don't want to go through the process of going out of the camp and going out of the camp it's not easy there is a pull and you have to confront the poverty of your spirit you know Jesus says blessed are the poor in spirit you have to confront that poverty and here you have Moses he chose to pitch his tent outside. And it says, it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting. Now, we know that everyone was invited to this tent, but not everyone went to this tent. We know that God's intention was to make the whole nation of Israel priesthood. His intention was to make the, it wasn't just wanting to make one tribe, like the tribe of Levites, the priest. They wanted to make the whole nation a nation of priests. But because of certain things that happened, he had to set aside just one tribe. Now here you see that Moses is, well, Moses wrote this. So he said, everyone who saw the Lord, in other words, it was open for anyone to come to the tent. But you read further down, you find that people didn't go to the tent. They said, Moses, you see God and you come and tell us what God said. See, that's the man of God syndrome that so plagued the church these days. Where man of God, you go to the mountain and hear for me from God and come down the mountain and put on a big meeting so that I can come and receive your anointing. So basically, we just let the man of God go up the mountain and we just come and suck up all his anointing and what you know, almost worship the anointing, so to speak. Whereas God God is not calling just the man of God to go up the mountain or the woman of God to go up the mountain. God is calling you to go up the mountain. And 
And God is saying, the tent is available for you to come to. Stop putting the responsibility on somebody else. And this is one of the key things when it comes to a year of spiritual maturity that God is calling us to. You begin to take on spiritual responsibility. That is one of the key signs of maturity is increase of responsibility. Justice, who is seven years old, my son, he started to take on some responsibilities in the house, like cleaning up. I wouldn't have really bothered giving that responsibility at the age of one. Because <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense. He doesn't really understand the concept of cleaning up. He just wants to put everything in his mouth, just like our other daughter wants to do it. Everything on the floor, is, she just wants to put it in her mouth. That's a picture of her maturity. And just, just make a mess everywhere and not bother cleaning up, right? But as you mature, you start to realize you have responsibility to clear up, to do certain things. And the same thing in spiritual sense. As you mature in God, you take on spiritual responsibilities. And so when the pastor of your church says, we're going to have a prayer meeting, you don't wait till he calls you to lead the prayer meeting before you attend the prayer meeting. You don't wait before your aunt has cancer, before you attend the prayer meeting. Oh, pray for my aunt. Because now you realize as a believer, you have a spiritual responsibility. So, you know, you have to be there because you have a part to play. You don't just go to church to sit down, you know, as they say, bench warmers. Well, these days it's now all on the internet. So there's more, there's more, uh, it's easier to become such a consumer-driven Christian that you're just receiving the message, the pastor prepares the word, you just tune and receive the word, just get on with your life. Listen, if your Christianity is not making you uncomfortable, I wonder if you're living the true Christian life that God has called you to live. Because Christians who are really living according to God's order, I'm telling you, God God makes you uncomfortable. In fact, God is not in the business of making you comfortable. God often puts people that he wants to use for his glory in the most uncomfortable circumstances for the sake of their maturity. Ask Moses, 40 years. Ask, uh, what's his name? John the Baptist, all those years in the desert. Ask Jesus, all the fasting and prayer. Ask Paul, the three years in the Arabian desert. Ask all the people that God has used over the years. He often puts them in the most uncomfortable places for their flesh so that their spirit can mature. But you just want to tune into your church service and receive the word of God. Oh, I think that word wasn't so good. I don't think Pastor, he didn't bring the word today. Oh, I didn't get fed. What do you mean you didn't get fed? This is time for you to start to feed yourself as a Christian and realize that responsibility is not just on the pastor to bring the word from God. You have to pitch your tent. You have to create an environment where God can meet you. Because in these days we're living in, God is calling you to mature. Take on spiritual responsibility. I often use this uh, illustration a lot of times because it just makes a lot of sense to me. If Let's just say you're watching your live stream on a Sunday morning comfortably in your, you know, in your morning gown at home and just chilling out. And right down the live stream, your pastor says, let's just say your name is, uh, um, let me just find a random name, John. Let's just say your name is John. You're right there in your morning gown, just chilling out, watching church live stream. And the pastor just says right there on the live stream, oh, it's next week Sunday, we're going to be having John bring in a powerful word from the Lord. And we're so excited about what the Lord is going to say through him. I haven't told John yet that he's going to be speaking. However, he's going to be watching this live stream around. So John, next Sunday, you're going to be bringing the word of the Lord. And I'm so expectant for all God's going to do through you. you. I'm telling you, if you're John and you sat on the couch listening to that, knowing that there's maybe a hundred people watching, you're like, oh my goodness, God help me. <laughs> After that stream finishes, I guarantee you, you're probably not going to go and turn on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, t- or, t- or turn on what, what, what all these popular uh, uh, kind of series these days. I can't think right now because I don't even know. You know, uh, turn on whatever the series are. You're not going to just sit there and watch a whole box set of movies. No. After you receive that word, if you really receive that word truthfully from the pastor, what's going to hit you is spiritual responsibility. And you're going to realize, oh my goodness, I need to pray. Oh my goodness, I need to read the word. Oh my goodness, Lord, what are you saying? God, I need to hear from you. And in that whole week, 
your posture will be, Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what do you want me to speak on Sunday? See, your mindset shifts because you received responsibility from your pastor. Well, I want to say to you right now, you don't need your pastor to ask you to preach before you realize you have spiritual responsibility. You already have that responsibility as a nurse, as a doctor, as a bus driver, as a full-time mom, as whatever context you're in. You already have that responsibility. So you don't need to fast and pray because you're about to preach. And then when you're about to go to work, you don't think it's important to fast and pray or seek God about your workplace because it's not as spiritual and doesn't have a platform like you have at the church. And so you almost demean the sphere that God has given you to influence because you don't feel like it's as, it's as significant as the platform where the pastor is speaking. So your ambition is to be on that platform when God has already given you another platform that you've not taken your responsibility for. Are you hearing me today? God is saying to you, look, pick up your spiritual responsibility. Then you realize you have the responsibility to to fast and pray, whether you are called to preach on a platform at church or not. Guess what? It's not about the size of your platform. Even the pastors watching right now, it's not about the size of your platform in that, oh yeah, uh, uh, you know, a thousand people tune into my live stream or a hundred people tune into my live stream or, you know, or, you know, my videos have gone viral or, you know, our church is packed full. It doesn't matter whether your stage is 50,000 or five. The biggest stage and the biggest platform is your secret place. So whether your stage is 100,000 people listening to you or your stage is five, the secret place and the tent is a bigger platform and it's a bigger stage than all of that combined. Okay, so this is the time to get our perspectives right and stop chasing, stop chasing external things that can tickle our ego and make us feel good about ourselves, but we haven't really changed. Many Christians haven't changed in the last 10 years. Ask yourself this question. Have you truly matured and changed in the last 10 years? Or are you manifesting the same behaviors you manifested 10 years ago? And if you can be honest with yourself and you can realize you haven't changed much, then it's time to really say, okay, God, enough of this immaturity business. I am serious, Lord, about you helping me reach a place of greater maturity, character traits and mindsets and attitudes. I'm needing that to change. See, many of the problems we have in the body of Christ is because of its spiritual immaturity. Lack of growth and lack of change in character. And people are holding on to habits and holding on to mindset. When you truly encounter God in a secret place, you come out with a limp like Jacob. And so every time you walk, you're reminded of that encounter. You know when Jacob wrestled with God, he had that encounter. And when it was, every step it took reminded him of that encounter and the fact that now he's weak in his flesh. I don't understand how people can say to me or people maybe say to you, they've spent a few hours praying or they have some time praying, but they come out of the secret place and I cannot see the sign in their flesh that they've actually been in the secret place because now they come out of prayer and they're full of pride. They come out of prayer and they're full of arrogance and attitude. You have not been in the secret place because if you've truly been in the secret place, I can see the mark on your flesh. You're going to have an attitude about you. You're going to have a dominion about you that the people who see you knows that, hmm, this person has been somewhere. Are you hearing me say, oftentimes we use all these religious jargon, you know, I call it charismatic gymnastics. We use all these words to make us feel good, but we've not really had real encounters, so we're not changing. We're, we're making each other feel good with soulish messages and preachings that's not actually reaching the spirit. We're just tickling the emotions and making people feel good for the moment, but we're not maturing believers that are ready to change the world. And this is the year where God is calling us to rise to the place of maturity. And for us to rise to the place of that maturity, we have to step into the place of true encounter with God. I believe it's Paul that said in Corinthians that we are changed as we behold him from glory to glory. So the, the changing process of maturity comes from beholding. It doesn't actually come from doing. 
It comes from face time with God, which is what Moses had. He had face time with God. And in fact, he walked so close to God, he came down the mountain and he, was, he didn't even realize how he was shining the glory of God on his face. Because he had had face-to-face encounter with God and people who saw him could see that he had an encounter with God. I don't know how we're saying we've had an encounter with God and people around us cannot tell any difference. Because fire does not need to be advertised. You know that, right? Fire does not need to advertise itself. When you're truly carrying fire, you don't need to say much about the fact that you can. Just you walking around people, they have to feel the heat. Question, have you just been fellowshipping with smoke as opposed to real fire? Because if you're fellowshipping with fire, then you've got to catch fire. Unless you're just full of a lot, unless, unless you're waterlogged. <laughs> and, and, you're just, and then it's time to actually get rid of all those things that just waterlogged your ability to catch the fire. And ask the Lord to make you a vessel that's highly flammable in the spirit. Get rid of all those things that are just distracting you and stopping you from receiving the flame of God in this season. Because I am, I am convinced that this is an opportunity for, with coronavirus, with all the pandemic, this is a great opportunity for believers to pitch their tents outside of the camp and to create an environment for encounter so that from face-to-face time with God on a regular basis, they are being matured. And because they are being matured, God can now start to entrust to them greater things of the kingdom, greater sense of his authority and his power because when Elijah spoke the elements the elements listened to the sound of his voice you know and we, we last month we talked about creation even waiting and groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God because creation knows when the sons have arrived creation knows when we have matured and when we are carrying the very DNA of God with the authority and the power of God coming through us. So when we begin to speak, the very creation begins to respond because it can recognize where we're speaking from. See, two people can pray the same prayers and they both sound great. But they may not both be speaking. In fact, most likely they're not both speaking from the same place. It's not just what you say. It's where you're saying it from. And the demons, when they hear they, they scan the words. Where is this coming from? Is this word coming from within the camp? Or is this word coming from outside the camp from a place of encounter? And when they can see that it's coming from within the camp, you can talk from morning till evening. You're not going to move no demon because there is no authority in the words you're speaking because it's full of all kinds of confusion and contamination and compromise. But God is like, if we would learn to mature then we're going to begin to carry authority in dimensions we can, never, we, can even, we can never even imagine right now. This is the time for the sons of God to rise. To the degree to which we fear God, demons fear us. And that fear of God, the good type of fear of God, it's realized in the place of face-to-face encounter with God. Now, I don't want you to, uh, uh, to demean the times you have with God, where you have manif- uh, 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 a manifestation of his presence, it might not be intense, but you sense his peace, you sense his presence, and that's awesome. What I want to say to you is there is more intensity of his presence that we are, that's available for us to encounter in this season. Yes, we're going to thank God for his peace. Yes, we're going to thank God for his presence. We're going to thank God for faith arising. But I want to say to you, don't settle. Don't, because Paul, even with all his encounters, he was still, he was still pressing on. I mean, if anyone had encounters with God in Scripture, it was Paul. And he had all these heavenly encounters and visions and revelations, and he had such great intellect to download them and articulate the mind of God, and we have that Scripture today. So this guy was not just some guy that did not know God, yet he was still saying that I may know him. How could he be saying that after all the things he's written and seen and experienced? And you are somehow comfortable with just two live streams a week. 
and then, you know, you have maybe you attend a part of a prayer meeting where you're naturally praying, but you just let everyone else do the praying. And somehow that's okay. See, there's so much more that God wants to do in our generation. And you've heard many prophetic voices say, you know, God is going to release a revival. I believe that the end time move of God is going to fast, uh, uh, supersede anything we've ever read before in scripture or in history. But then if you break down how God moved in Scripture and history, look at the book of Acts and how they set themselves upon and how they prayed. Look at history. Look at Welsh revival, Azusa Street revival. Look at the Hebrides. Look at all these revivals and look at how the people that were used by God were prepared by God. Okay? Now, if it's true that what's ahead of us is far greater than that, look at how God prepared those people for what he did there. How much more would he prepare us for what's ahead of us, if they fasted in the way they fasted and they prayed in the way they prayed, who might you think I'm just going to pray for one minute and just see and say, oh yeah, God move. And there's going to be the explosion of revival that far exceeds anything that's happened in the book of Acts and what happened in history. It's not going to happen that way because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever in that a lot of his order, his principles don't change. If he prepared them with intensity, he's going to prepare us with intensity. So it's time to turn up the TV. It's time to shut down the distractions. It's time to say, Father, deliver me from the gravitational pull of this realm. It's time to pitch our tent outside of the camp. This last thing I'm going to say. You know, Abraham, the father of faith, he is known for raising up altars to God. The Bible says he built altars in different places. And that's one of the key things he did. Because when his grandson came, and slept in a place where he built an altar. Do you know what happened? He instantly went into a spiritual encounter. Angels ascending and descending. You know the story of Jacob? So that encounter Jacob had was because of the, was because of the altar that Abraham had built. Now, you read carefully, you find that Abraham did not build tents. He pitched tents and built altars. The tents he pitched where he lived, it was temporary. But the altars were permanent. For many of us, it's the reverse. <laughs> we're pitching, when I say altar, it's not, this is not the preach where I go into the details of what altars are. But altars are the place where the spirit realm collides with the physical realm. Altars is basically the place of encounter and consecration, the place of prayer. He built those places and his tent was temporary. So what was more permanent in his life was those places of encounter with God. He had more value on those places than where he lived. And that is what God is calling us to be. God is not calling us to do the reverse, you know, pitch altars and then build tents where we live. In the context of Moses, this tent was actually an altar because this was a place where the spirit realm collided with the physical realm and he met with God. Just like Abraham built altars, we are called to build altars. Just like Moses pitched the tent of meeting, which was also an altar outside of the camp, we are called to do the same, to create this environment to encounter God. And I know, I know, when we begin to encounter God, the things around us that we've been struggling with, the challenges, even some of the things we're crying out to God for breakthrough in, they're just going to start to happen by default. You wouldn't need to ask God for favor anymore because now his favor, you know what it says in Psalms? His goodness and mercy just follows you. You're not, you, you're not following it. It's following you. And so you're not actually chasing the things of the world. God begins to bring those things to you as you pursue his purposes and he changes you. Then he can entrust you with more. I'm just remembering something I said in one of our church Zoom prayer meetings. I was saying, you know, God loves you, but God doesn't trust you. 
The fact that God loves you does not mean he's going to entrust dimensions of his glory to you until you mature and show that you're, you've come of age in the spirit and he can start to give these things to you. And one of the ways you mature is the tent of meeting, the secret place, the altar, creating that environment where God can move with you. So that's what I'm going to stop right now. Let me pray with you and let's just pray right now and just give our hearts again to the Lord, asking him, that this year he would help us to not just go through another year where we get to the end of the year, look back and go, wow, well, that was a tough year. It doesn't matter whether this year is tough or fun or easy or, you know, provision. Whatever happens this year, this has to be settled for you and for me, that this year we are going to mature in God in a whole new way. And I want you to make this your prayer right now. Father, I want to mature in you regardless of what the circumstances. You may be struggling with sickness right now. You may be struggling with lack right now. You may be struggling with family issues right now. Regardless of what the issues are, just make this as a declaration to the Lord. Father, this year, regardless of the circumstances that surround me, I want to mature in you like never before. Here I am, Father. Work in me through this circumstance, through this tragedy, work in me. Through this disappointment, work in me. Through this area of my life where there's all these repeated, you know, issues going on. Lord, work through me, work in me. That this will become a space where you can encounter me and I can encounter you face to face. Then I can be changed. Whatever it looks like, Father, I want to mature this year. I want to mature. I want to grow. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just stand again against spiritual stagnation. I stand against that comfort zone of spiritual development that many of us have kind of got stuck in and we're just going around around the same mountain but we're not progressing and moving on to higher grounds in the spirit so father we say let there be an end to the cycle of stagnation spiritual stagnation ends today father and father we ask for a propelling a momentum in hunger a momentum in prayer a momentum in desire that we are going to press into your presence like we've never done before and that we begin to encounter you in ways that actually means we're transformed as we behold you we are changed to become like you so father we ask that you will change us you will completely turn our hearts our lives around as we submit to you lord have your way in jesus name amen thank you for tuning in to Preston podcast we hope you have enjoyed today's edition for more information and teaching and if you'd like to get connected please visit www.prayerstone.org 